Hey guys, I'm Nick here with Tanner and Zach, and thanks for tuning into the Voyager Way, a podcast dedicated to sharing our passion for everything outdoors with listeners just like you. Whether it's talking about incredible trips we've been on, teaching you the best way to get your own adventure started, or talking with amazing guests about the incredible things they've done or places they've been. You can find it all here on the Voyager Way. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Voyager Way podcast. Today's guest is a hiking fanatic, ecologist, and lover of all things outdoors. He grew up in Ohio, but spent a lot of his free time hiking and camping with his family in upstate New York growing up. This love for hiking, the mountains, and the Northeast will bring him back to the Syracuse area for college. While in college, he finished climbing all 46 of the high peaks in the Adirondack Mountains, spent a semester hiking through the Patagonia region of South America, conducting research with the Voyager Way's Zach Fritz. He worked as a summit steward and through-hiked over 500 miles on the Finger Lakes Trail before attending graduate school at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where he currently resides. To say this guy has some trail miles under him would be an understatement. We are so happy to introduce Nathan Keel to the podcast today to talk about all things hiking. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and God bless. We hope you like it. All right, perfect. Well, Nathan, thank you for jumping on this um, podcast with us. We're excited to have you on here. Um, It's kind of funny because the last podcast we did was with a guy who has kind of not made a living from, but has been very involved with a lot of canoe trips. And so we asked him, we asked him why canoe trips um, as opposed to like hiking or anything else like that. And his first answer was, um, I don't really get hiking. Like, I don't really, I don't really get it in the abstract. Um, but here we are with somebody who um, has made it kind of one of their one of their passions and one of their priorities in life to kind of do a lot of really cool hiking trips. Um, so I guess our first question would be, what is it that kind of draws you to hiking? And we'll kind of get into your background and kind of how you got into it and that kind of stuff. But what is it about hiking specifically that um, draws you to it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... I mean, I think definitely part of it has to do with, uh, it's what I'm comfortable. I mean, it's what I grew up doing. It's yeah. what I'm comfortable with. And, um, because of all the time that I spent growing up hiking with my family, it also has that, like that draw to it. There's some, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but, um, I mean, I think that's probably, that's probably the main reason, but there's a lot of draws to it. Um, Outside of that, I mean, just being able to get outside and do things under your own power is pretty cool to be able to do, carrying everything on your back. And um, any distance you cover in that day is just from what you did with your legs. And I I like that appeal, definitely. Yeah, that's like that. That's And there's another, I mean, even with canoeing, it's the same thing. It's like just manpower. Like if you're going to get from A to B, you're going to have to just do it yourself, Um, which is super cool. And so have you, do you want to like just, just elaborate on kind of growing up how you kind of got into it and what were you pretty young because I know we talked a lot with like Zach about his like his family's been doing that kind of canoeing and camping and that kind of stuff since he can remember was that kind of like what it was for you yeah it was um so I I mean I started hiking with my my dad when I was five or so well probably earlier than that but okay. uh, I mean by by five or six we were we were traveling to hike okay and- Wow. kind of like the centerpiece of vacation <laughs> I <Yeah>. think <laughs> we were that family that yeah. hikes that vacations to go hike <laughs> vacation to go sit on a beach and um so yeah I we grew up or I grew up spending a lot of time hiking it primarily in 
in upstate New York. So I'm, I'm originally from Ohio, um, okay. but uh, we would every summer, anytime that we had time, um, even if it were long weekends or longer periods of time, drive to New York, mainly in the Finger Lakes area or, or in the Adirondacks and um, again, center our trips around hiking. And yeah. it started small, um, you know, it was proportional to my height and my <laughs> as we grew up, the hikes got bigger. Um, and I, I think the main thing, I guess the, the big, the big part of hiking growing up was, um, doing this, this hiking challenge called the, uh, the high peaks or the, the 46ers in upstate okay. New York. Um, and they are these, uh, 46 mountains that are above 4,000 feet up in the Adirondacks. Nice. And, um, I think maybe it's seven, was when my dad and I first climbed our first two. Okay. Just something he read about and was like, oh, this would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, like, into this huge 13-year adventure where, um, I mean, it took us that long to, it took 13 years to climb all of them. Finally finished when I was 19 years old. Yeah. But, I mean, because of that, I, I got a lot out of it, not only just, like, the ability to go outside, but a lot of, I feel like, life lessons from all that experience. So, it's, it's something that's always been with me, but also something that I've, I've like learned a lot from and gotten a lot out of too. You said, uh, there were 46 hikes that went into that. Yeah, there are 46, uh, peaks. Um, it's not, you can string them together. So, um, okay. there's that are pretty close to one another, but yeah, there are 46 mountains, uh, above or on that list, um, that are, most of them are above 4,000 feet. There's a couple that are now yeah. below 4,000 feet. Um, but regardless, that's that's the list of the 46 mountains, yeah. Cool. So you spent a lot of your time in kind of that upstate New York area and doing a lot of hiking over in that um, general part of the country. Is that kind of what drew you to go to college in that general area as well? Yeah, it, it was. Um, I, I like to tell people, like when they ask where I'm from, I'll say that I'm from Ohio, but I also always add in the like, the the side note that I I grew up traveling and vacationing in New York and I feel just as much from that area yeah. um, because I felt like I spent so much time exploring up there um, and there were a couple of reasons to um, beyond that draw to to go to school up there um, my my dad went to school in in Syracuse which is where I ended up going to school mm -hmm. um, but by the time I was ready to go to school I knew that I wanted to do something with conservation biology or something with environmental science generally and in Syracuse there's a, a school the College of Environmental Science and Forestry nice. so to have a school perfectly fitted to oh, what I want to do in the place I want to be yeah. um, I, it was hard to pass up so and so is that what you're doing right now or what what is um, life in Nathan's world look like right now life in Nathan's world is busy with school yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in grad school right now so I'm a, a PhD student at the University of Wisconsin Madison okay um, so pretty close to you guys actually now for the Packer game last weekend so oh I'm yeah. sorry well I mean are you did you go as a Packers fan I'm assuming yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah that was unfortunate um, and he left as one so I guess yeah. there's something yeah there. that's good. <laughs> you know you stay true no matter what happens um yeah, and I'm studying, um, I mean, generally like forest ecology. I, I could talk about my specific project, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in grad school right now. Okay, yeah. nice. And so do you think your like outdoor experiences growing up, especially with hiking being kind of the main focus of it, was that 
what mainly drew you into like the conservation biology mm. side of things with your connection to the outdoors at such a young age, do you think? Yes. A short answer. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're, um, Zach, you're hitting on all of the, uh, the intro sentences to my like application letters and stuff. Like <laughs> I grew up exploring outside. That's <laughs> my draw. Um, but I, I think there's something to be said too about what developed later or what develops I mean, you guys, I'm sure know about this. When you spend that amount of time outside, you you feel such um, not only a connection to that to that place, but um, when you see it being threatened with what's going on, um, yeah. you you feel the urge to protect it or do something to protect it. So um, that was part of it too. I definitely developed like a, an ethic or a, I mean this this connection with place to then try to turn my career into something where I could I could try to protect it best I knew how so um but it does definitely stem from that time outside growing up and so is your what is your long-term goal look like as far as a career with this yeah so I so I've still got some time left with my degree probably be another three years um and uh I've I've kind of I mean I, I think I'm leaving my options somewhat open but where I am now is I really love teaching um, I really like being in the classroom and I think that is, there are definitely a ton of ways to, to make a difference, um, in however you want to define that for yourself. But I think being in the classroom and, and influencing folks and sharing information and, um, being a good teacher and mentor is something somewhere that you can make a, a big difference. And so I think that's where I want to go. Um, and, and especially teaching at some sort of like smaller institution where it's it's more of the focus for yeah. for like undergrads um you know so right now i'm at uw madison and it's this big <clears throat> research institution it's a state school and um so the people here i mean the focus like there are definitely people who are focused on teaching but a lot of people here also are here to do like research because that's what brings in money um and that's really cool and i do absolutely love research but i, I do see teaching as a way that i could definitely make a difference um but it'd also be sweet to work at some like small NGO in no. <laughs> somewhere in, in the Northeast and um, help them make a difference too. So options are open, but I, I think those that's kind of the, the direction I might be heading. Yeah. Um, on the, I guess, kind of the teacher side of things that you were mentioning, I know, I think it was when you were in undergrad, you worked as a, a summit steward in the mm-hmm. Adirondacks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you want to just kind of explain yeah. what that was and kind of your your job that you got to do and kind of what that all entailed? Yeah. Um, th- that was, uh, an awesome summer. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to work as a, a summit steward, like Zach said, with the Adirondack mountain club. Um, and, and ADK is, is a, um, a nonprofit organization up in, in the Adirondacks that works a lot on, um, I guess, I mean, they do a lot of different things. And, and one of the things that they do is, is support this summit steward program where um, what I got to do every day was climb to the summits of some of the highest mountains in New York state. And once up there, so obviously highest mountains in New York state, a lot of people are going up there. Um, but it turns out too, at those high elevations on a few of those highest summits, there is a lot of rare and fragile uh, vegetation, a lot of rare and fragile plants, um, because 
once you get up that high, you're above tree line. And, and the vegetation is really similar to what you guys experience when you go really far north with, mm-hmm. with your canoe trips. Um, but down this far south, it's super rare in the state of New York and, yeah. and really in, in the um, lower 48 in general, especially on the east. Um, and, and once you get up there, um, tons of people are trying to climb to these summits every day because yeah. it's, it's incredible up there. And so my job was to go up to speak with all the hikers that come up and, and basically ask not step on the plants is what it came down to. Um, so I was advocating for these little, little organisms that um, at least, you know, can't advocate for themselves, at least in a way that we can tell. And um, I mean, it, it entailed a lot more, uh, a lot of other facets, but that's really what it came down to is every single person that came up, I would, I would chat with them, talk about, I mean, we used a lot of different techniques. There's this technique called the authority of the resource. So getting people to kind of buy into like, this yeah. is your thing to protect too. Yep. Um, but as a part of that, there was also doing some trail work. Um, we did some research up there, which is really cool. Um, Ver- Vermont Center for Eco Studies has um, this thing called Mountain Bird Watch, where they're tracking how um, bird ranges are changing with climate change up and down mountains. Okay. And so we got to participate in that too. Um, but the main thing was definitely talking to people. So that summer, um, I think that was, it was 2018. I talked to over 5,000 hikers over the oh, course of the summer geez. and like, Hey y'all, how you doing? <laughs> Watch out for the plants. Step only on solid rock. Thank you very much. Can I take your picture now? Like yeah. that, that was, that was, those are the interactions. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome. And, um, I think, I think doing that, um, yeah, it felt really good. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so that kind of, I'm, I'm curious too, cause I mean, just advocating for just to keep like those pieces of like just those hikes and that kind of stuff as pristine as you can and how, as mm-hmm. natural as you can. Um, I mean, I'm sure we can and, um, and you as well, like just picture in our heads, like just as like the most beautiful or aesthetic either paddles we've gone on or canoe trips or like just moments. Um, mm-hmm. Was there anything kind of growing up either with your dad or that you've done since that just really like there's just one area that just kind of blows you away that like, I want to keep this as like pristine as possible or that even like, even if you weren't even thinking that just like some of the coolest hikes that you've been able to do or that kind of hit you the most. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. I feel like it, it might depend on the, where I, where I was. Um, Cause I've, I've now since done a little bit of hiking um, in, in the mountain West too. Okay. Um, but I'll stick it, I'll stick with the Northeast and, and try to think yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> just because that's, that's the place that I, I know best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if one necessarily sticks out. I, I guess I, I can't actually, no, I can't think of one lake. Um, there's, there's a lake in, uh, this place called the Pharaoh, Pharaoh Lakes Wilderness in the Adirondacks. And, um, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a, I think it's called an oxbow lake or something, but it's glacially carved okay. and, um, it's just got this, I don't know. There's, it's, it's hard to describe it. It's yeah. just really incredible. It's just got, <laughs> yeah, these towering white pines along its shore and really cool granite, like rock sloping into it. The water's yeah. super clear and so cold, even in the middle of summer. Oh yeah. Um, and I just remember hiking out to there and being blown away by how beautiful, um, I mean, I, I don't want to call it simple, but yep. compared to 
hiking to the summit of a mountain and seeing like a hundred miles being yeah. on the shores of just a little lake felt um, kind of simple in a sense. And that yeah. was like yeah. really attractive in a certain way. That was, it was, um, it was peaceful, I guess. It was yeah. really, it was really nice. Um, that comes to mind. Yeah. yeah. So have you, have you done a lot of um, some of these hikes like kind of solo or do you, cause I know mm. you, like I don't, I've never done a camping trip like by myself. Right. And I mean, sure. I would, like, since I said, actually, since I got Nala, I would like think about it, like bringing her along, but I've never done like just by myself. But I feel like hiking could be one of those things that you almost hear more people doing like through hikes yeah, so right. more than you hear like a canoeist doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So do you sure. like, prioritize kind of having a, a pretty good like group or one or two people with you or do you have no problem mm. going out by yourself? Yeah, I, I think it depends on what I'm going to do. So um, I, I really value day hiking on my own and just looking at the map and picking a, a section of trail that I want to go spend all day hiking on. Yeah. Um, and, and then I can come home, look at the map and find the next one. Um, I've definitely, I've done some solo camping. I'll, I'll tell a, a brief story though, of my, my <laughs> yeah. first experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, graduated from high school and I, the, one of the first things I did after finishing high school was I went to upstate New York to the Adirondacks and, and volunteered with the professional trail crew who works for the Adirondack Mountain Club. So that's another thing ADK does is they have a pro crew um, that works on all the trails up there and and maintains them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I volunteered with them for a few days. And after that, I took a, a three three day backpacking trip, my first solo backpacking trip in, in that area, the High Peaks Wilderness. Um, and I learned a lot about myself just in those few days. Like I, I think I definitely went into it with kind of a, a like a gung ho attitude. Um, and not, not to say that I was unprepared or, or reckless or anything, but like, I mean, you spend a lot of time with yourself and it's really hard to carry a lot of weight on your back when you're not used to it. Um, and so that was tough. I, I had a really hard time. I think before that trip, I was like all about trying to do all these crazy hikes by myself. Mm-hmm. And after that trip, I was like, I'm going to find a friend yeah. <laughs> also wants to do this with me. Yeah. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I've done pretty much since. I mean, so growing up with family day hikes, I mean, we would, we would hike and we would camp together doing those 46 high peaks. So that was really yeah. big. Um, and then um, after I finished undergrad, I did another big hike, a through hike with, but I, I went with a friend. And I think if I went alone, it would have been, it would have been really hard. And not to say that um, I, I still have a, a draw to trying those things on my own, yep. but I think there is something to be said too about sharing those experiences. There's a quote um, that sticks in my head that I feel like is from like into the wild or something. Yeah. Um, so I was actually just watching while I was eating dinner before this, which yeah, is kind yeah, of funny, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's happiness is best when shared. Okay. And so I realized that while I was hiking on my own and, and I feel like it's true that it's really cool to be able to share um, those experiences with other folks who can also appreciate it. Yeah. Can, can you explain what a through hike is for all the listeners, just in case nobody, somebody doesn't know? Totally. Yeah. Um, do you guys through paddle? Is that yeah, a yeah, we thing? Do. <laughs> we don't call so it that, like we that. do it. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys call it for, for canoeing? Going from point A to B without... <laughs> 
stop it. Okay, so it's not. It doesn't have the whole culture around it. It sounds like yeah, the like three hiking does. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, for for you waterbound folks out there, um, uh, a through hike is. Um, I guess I feel like you could define it multiple ways, um, but pretty much going from from point A to point B, uh, carrying just about everything that you need on your your back. So you're you're backpacking, you're camping every night. Um, I think that definition or that term could definitely be. I mean, people will will use it loosely. Like yeah. some people might feel like you only can do a through hike if it's on a predefined trail. So you through hike the Appalachian Trail or you through hike the Pacific Crest Trail or something. Yeah. Um, but other people might feel like, oh, I'm just doing a through hike. Like I'm just going to go for a month and I plan this route and that's going to be my through hike. Which I think I, that's probably how most people use it because it makes sense. You're hiking like through an area rather than doing a loop or something. Probably how it originated. But um, yeah, that's that's how I would describe it. Yeah. So could you give us some more details about the through hike that you did? What the trail was? Maybe how long it was? And then like how many days it took you guys to do it? Sure. Yeah. So this was um, uh, this was the summer. This was two summers ago now. Summer 2019. Um, a friend and I from undergrad hiked the Finger Lakes Trail, and this is a, a trail that goes through, um, I would call it upstate New York, um, relative to like New York City, basically. Um, and it goes through like, uh, starts in the Allegheny Mountains to the east, goes through the Finger Lakes in um, that part of New York, and then ends in the Catskills. And, um, it's about 586 miles Jeez. and, uh, it took us 41 days to, <laughs> to hike it all. Yep. So it was a, a solid, uh, month and a half of just trail time with okay. me and my friend. So is that the longest hike that you've been on then? Yeah. Yep. Okay. The longest hike. Um, I've got others in mind that, that would exceed it, but that's for the future. But yeah. Um, these guys, I know Nick, you asked Winchell this for a canoe trip. What do you think is like the perfect distance for a hike? Like whether it's mm. a day trip or like, like you you said, you're planning some trips. Like what do you think is like the perfect amount of days, like good distance? For yeah. You? Um, so yeah, like for me personally, yeah. yeah, I think a solid day trip for me, like a day that I'm going to get done and feel pretty good is probably between 15 and 20 miles. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be like, okay, that was solid. I'm going to, I'm going to go buy some Culver's or something. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but camping trips, I mean, I think, I feel like you need at least a few nights, you know, like Uh I've talked to my dad about this, um, where, I feel like it takes you a day, especially if you're coming from like something hectic. Like if you're coming from your work week or something crazy like that, it takes you a day to really get into the woods. Um, And once you're there, then you've got some time and then it kind of takes you another day to get back out. So if you just do like a two or three day trip, that turnaround can, can kind of be tough because it feels like you, you might've just got there really to, to start to enjoy it or really tap into something different. Mm-hmm. Um, before you get pulled back out. So I, I feel like you need, you need a few nights yeah. um, to really, and then also that helps you get to know a place too, if you're, if you're exploring more. And that, and that probably makes it more like just logistically makes sense, just especially if you're in school or work and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like if you could take just a day, maybe or two off for like a long weekend kind of trip. Right. Um, but I'm always kid. The one thing I 
like because I we haven't done well I haven't you did the Patagonia trip with with Nathan but and I, and I know you haven't done too much <laughs> through hiking either but like just logistically how it works because I know like mm-hmm. the nice thing with like being on the water and with like canoe trips and stuff is you always have water right but the, so right, with, yeah. with, the, with a lot of these through hikes like I just I'm always curious especially like with the canoes too like you can carry mm-hmm. a lot of food that you need to mm-hmm. right? like you can carry plenty so like with but obviously with through hikes it's just whatever you can fit on your back so yeah like you do you resupply or mm. do you usually like is it just a lot of mountain meals like those freeze-dried meals um i'm just i guess i'm really curious on like what goes like would it would it be way too much to explain what goes in like a pretty standard pack for like a weekend long trip or could you do that pretty simply i, I yeah i think i could try yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah for a week so um, you're absolutely right. I feel like you are more constrained. It sounds like by, by food. And, um, I mean, yeah, just what you can carry more so than what you can fit in a canoe. Um, but you're definitely for like a standard weekend trip. I mean, you're going to want the usual camp gear that you would have anyways with, with canoe camping. So you've got, you've got all that set up, um, and your typical cook gear. I feel like food wise. Yeah. I, I mean, I try to go, I don't go like super light some people go go crazy light and also some people have the ability to so dehydrated those like pre-dehydrated meals tend to be more expensive especially if they're like good like backcountry pantry or whatever it is and they're they're good but they're definitely more expensive um and then some people also like dehydrate their food themselves but i i just don't own a dehydrator right now so maybe in the future um but i definitely try to go light um with with the food but not like crazy light where I'll, I'll still bring like apples and I mean stuff that I, I like to have. Yeah. Um, and then as far as, I mean, you mentioned water, I know that like, it depends on where you're going to be hiking to like what gear you're going to have to bring and what you're going to have to plan for, for our through hike on the finger lakes trail. We went in uh, late spring, early summer, and, and we felt like we could just confidently rely on, yeah. um, water pretty much the whole way I, I wasn't worried about getting water so it was just like oh we're running low we're crossing a stream let's fill it up real quick yeah. um so it's not something you don't tote out a bunch with you you just get it along the way so do you guys um do you usually sleep in tents or do you do hammocks because i was i was trying to think of if i want to do like a through hike or something like that right how i could possibly pack down my bag to be as like like light as possible right i was like hey well yep. even with even with these like canoe trips that i'm planning in the in the future i'm at some point, I'm just going to commit and switch to my hammock mm-hmm. with the tarp um, just because the tents are so big. Like, it's just such a big uh, just thing to bring, obviously. Um, yeah. But do, do you have a smaller one that you bring or do you do hammocks or what? Or just sleep on the ground with, with a tarp? What do you guys usually do for sleeping wise? Yeah. So what I've done, um, well, what we did on that through hike and what I've done probably most nights while I've been camping in the woods, um, there are these things in the Northeast called lean-tos. Okay. And they're, they're three-sided structures and, and one side is open. Um, and it's really small. I mean, it can sleep like seven or eight people to the, to the max. And it's got a wood floor, so it's off the ground and it's got a roof. Okay. Um, and so typically we would plan camping and hiking trips around being able to camp in a lean-to. Oh, okay. Um, for the through hike, what we did, knowing that not every night we would have a lean-to, we, we did bring hammocks. Um, and so I did spend a couple nights in a hammock. I found though that the hammock setup wasn't a whole, I mean, I don't think I had the best setup. It, it didn't feel a whole lot lighter than if I brought a tent. Oh, okay. Um, and what I've actually, what I'm, what I'm looking for now is a, a really light um, solo tent. Okay. Um, 
there's some really nice ones out there that not only pack down super small, but are just crazy light. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think a tent, like a, a really light tent is the way I'm going to go okay. in the future. Something that like you can use your hiking pole to prop up the main thing. Like it's, yeah. it's really minimal. Okay. Um, cause I like, I like the comfortability of sleeping in a tent. You stay, you tend to stay warmer. I mean, you're against the ground, you've got, you're enclosed. So if you're in like the North country at all, even if it's shoulder season, I mean, it's, it's going to get cold. So it's nice to have that extra, extra layer. Um, but it's, I mean, some people, yeah, some people go crazy bare bones and just, um, you know, cowboy camp and yeah. nothing over you or like even just a tarp. And yeah. I don't know if I've gotten that brave yet, but maybe someday. Have you ever used or heard of, or maybe just thought about using like bivvies? I don't know if everybody knows mm -hmm. what those are. They're basically I, just like, I I don't even know how to describe them. You might be able to describe them better than me, but it's basically like a material that's waterproof. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like a sleeping bag that you slide into, but then there's like a, I think it's like some type of pole or something harder that kind of lifts it off of your body. Gives a little bit. Of yeah. Shelter. Yeah. But then you can like close yourself into it. So you can basically yeah. just sleep on the ground in like a waterproof sleeping bag kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's as good an explanation as I would try to give of it. So um, I I had considered that actually just between like it was thinking about a bivy or something maybe a little bit bigger, like a, a solo tent. What I read about bivvies is that the condensation can just be oh, just terrible. terrible. Yeah. So you're not even waterproof anymore because <laughs> yeah. you're soaked because you just like breathe on yourself the whole night and <laughs> you're you're. Time. <laughs> yeah i mean your bag is soaked and if you have a down bag because you want to be light then that's not going to be too good so um i mean i think there's a time and a place for it and and other people might have their system worked out where they don't have to do that but when you get a little bit bigger with a tent typically then they'll start to build in stuff to like ventilate a little bit more but a bivy like you said is just a bag you slide into and prop up a little bit so um probably not probably not for me i don't think so uh, Nathan, we kind of, we thought this would be a, a super cool, um, time to kind of help any listeners with, cause obviously we're a little bit, a little bit more well-versed with like canoeing and that kind of stuff. And so, mm -hmm. um, some of our podcasts have been like how to get into different things. So we've done like a fishing, mm -hmm. like camping, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we thought it'd be cool to kind of pick your brain about people who are thinking about getting into hiking, but really didn't know like the best way to start. And I mm -hmm. guess maybe just to start off that conversation, the first thing that comes to mind when I like when I think about hiking and getting like more serious about it is if you want lighter gear, you're usually going to have to pay more for it. Right. So totally. is there a way that, um, or is it even possible? I'm sure it's possible, but like what, what, what have you found is the easiest way to still be able to enjoy hiking? And maybe it is just starting with day hikes to see if you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to not blow a ton of money on gear. If all you want to do is just kind of get out there and see if you would, you'd enjoy it in the first place. Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, because I mean, that's like all the outdoor stuff that we want to do is so cost prohibitive sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I think, I think you've got it right that like, if it's, it's maybe nice to, I mean, you don't necessarily have to start with like the, the expensive gear just to get into it. Um, yeah. and, and just go on day hikes and, and feel it out first. I mean, it's kind of like if you, if you start running, like you just run a couple miles before you invest in all the like fancy running gear to, to, you know, I don't know, go for longer runs. Um, where I think, I think there has to be, it doesn't have to be, people have all different reasons to go for hiking, but, um, 
it's nice to have that like baseline enjoyment first rather than something that comes with like having to buy all of this gear and doing it because you have all of this gear, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Um, Yeah, go ahead. So if you wanted to go like, if someone wanted to do just a day hike, right? How would, what's your process for finding a day hike that you would want to Mm. do? And like, do you, like, would you even, if you had tennis shoes and a backpack, would that be good enough? You know what I mean? Or what, what what are kind of the steps that you go through even like to find a hiking trail you'd want to do? Do you just Google hiking trails near me or do you kind of look for something specific? Um, Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I guess what I'll say is just, just get out there however you can. Um, there's, um, I, uh, I always worry about sounding like one of those, um, like pretentious people who've been doing it for a long time to tell you how to do it because like we all start by just doing it to begin with. And then you learn as you go. So I mean, anything that you have to go out for whatever you want to call a hike is definitely good. Yeah. <laughs> as, as for what I try to do and, and think about, um, yeah, I'll, I'll Google around. I mean, especially moving to, to Madison. Yep. I, I know nothing about this area when I first moved here, um, but I knew there was a lot to get out and explore. And I, I start by Googling around. Um, and then, you know, there are applications that you can use that have lots of hikes. Oh, yep. I personally don't love i don't like to use them when i'm out on the trail i get uncomfortable relying on something with a a battery outside like that it really bothers me um so what i've done then is um well a lot of places have like kiosks and maps but um there's so a lot of the hiking here in in wisconsin is uh on and around the ice age trail which is kind of the main like long distance trail so i went on their website and you can purchase a map set from them and perfectly good organization to support, you know, they're doing awesome things. So if, if there are ways that you can be supporting organizations while doing it, um, but definitely important to have a map with you and, and know how to, to use it. But yeah, I mean, Google is your friend. That's, I guess that's how it starts definitely. And, and with whatever gear you have, that'll, that'll do, you'll, you'll feel it out. Yeah. And so like, obviously food, you can just kind of, if you have a backpack for a diet, you can just bring whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. Would you recommend hiking boots or like would tennis shoes be fine? Yeah, this is like a contentious thing. I feel like in in hiking culture, I'm I'm definitely more of like a not like crazy huge hiking boots, but I just feel more comfortable with hiking boots and like lacing up that has a little bit more ankle support. Yeah. Um, but I think this is coming on with the like the ultralight um phase. Anyways, people are really getting into it that um you should go out with super light shoes too and trail runners. Yeah. Um. So I think I think it it depends on the terrain you'll be covering and your comfort level yeah. um, with with your footwear. Like I don't know how good the traction is going to be on some of these tennis shoes if you're trying to do something big, yeah. where I feel really comfortable with the traction in my boots and the support I'm going to get. Um, so yeah, I think I think. Um, yeah, people have uh, really strong opinions about it, yeah, but I'm, sure I'm more of, I'm more of a boot person. Okay. I mean, people have strong opinions about all sorts of gear. I'm people. I'm sure people have strong opinions about canoes and paddles in, yeah, in your yeah. guys' world. You know, like, oh, you're using that. That's that's not going to be good. You're, you're not going <laughs> to use that. Um, yeah. So, how did you even like begin to plan your long distance trip? Going from, I mean, I don't know what your longest trip was prior to that, but. Um, I mean, 41 days is a long 
time to be yeah. hiking. So <laughs> how did you begin to like make the steps to kind of put it in motion and begin that whole mm. process? Yeah. Um, yeah. The longest hike I did before then was like four days. Wow. I mean, I, I'd never done anything. Actually, no, ten, I mean, our hikes in, in Patagonia, um, which were a little bit, a little bit different. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we started planning early. And so we, we started our hike in May, I'd say by December or January uh, before then, we sat down and what I did is, again, bought the map set from the Finger Lakes Trail Conference where, I mean, it's just, they're just eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper that show you the whole trail, all the towns that it goes by, all the places you could camp. And pretty much just tried to plan out day by day, like this is what day one could look like, this many miles, roughly this amount of elevation, this is what day two could look like. Um, and I think I'm definitely more on the planning side of things, like some people don't like to plan that much. Um, but I do think if you're going to be undertaking as long of a hike as that, you want to have planned enough. <laughs> you want to have some idea of what you're getting into. So we... Um, I kind of walked through that, got a sense for how long it could take, what our, our mileage would be day by day, where we could camp, and then got together with my friend that I, I planned it with and figured out, like, we can go this many days on this amount of food, and then we need to resupply. Oh. And then we can go this many more days, we need to figure out how to resupply. And um, our situation was a little bit different than other people who threw hike in that both my dad and my stepmom and then my friend's parents live pretty close to the trail. Nice. So, I mean, they kind of, they support it. Like they would bring us food yeah. and they would, so we, we didn't have to like mail ourselves food, but when you have to, mail, I mean, that's a whole nother thing to think about is, yeah. are you going to mail yourselves food? Are you going to buy stuff along the way? Um, that's, that's a whole extra layer of planning. Yeah. And I felt really grateful that we didn't have to worry about trying to mail ourselves food. Um, and it was nice to be a little bit more flexible with like, texting our parents and saying, Hey, I'm really craving this. Can you <laughs> this or can you drive us to the store because we have no food? So, um, we had some more flexibility there, but, um, yeah, it was quite a bit of planning that went into it and also making sure you got all the right gear and that it all works like it should Yeah, take some time. What was the craziest story you have from that whole through hike? Was there anything nuts that happened? Oh, I got to think about that. Like how, and how was like the, the dynamic with, were you pretty good friends with the guy you were going yeah. with anyway? Okay. So that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, we were, um, we were friends and if anything, we got closer on that trail, nice. which was awesome. Yeah. Um, as far as, I mean, I don't think anything too, the thing that maybe was the, the like craziest to deal with on that trail. Um, it's, so it goes through this region of New York that's not developed, but like you go through towns and yeah. there's like a lot of there's some road walking and you walk by people's farms and stuff. And sometimes we just walked by really angry dogs that would chase us down <laughs> for a bit. And like, that was the most aggressive wildlife we saw. It wasn't bears or anything scary. Well, the dogs were really scary, but it wasn't anything wild. It was just yeah. these like pissed off dogs. <laughs> that was a pain in the ass to deal with. Um, but no, nothing too crazy. I mean, it was a pretty, Did it was a pretty place, like, like, solid hike. People, like that were also doing some hikes on it or, or yeah. How's that? Yeah, um, I definitely did. Um, that's an interesting point. I, I was just thinking about the other day, though. So um, one thing I really liked about this trail is uh, it is lesser known than some other trails, like Finger Lakes Trail, 
or sorry, the Finger Lakes Trail is what we hiked. Um, the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, um, where there's a lot more people hiking. And so when a lot of people are hiking, you establish like trail communities. And oh, yeah. I mean, the AT sees like thousands of people through hiking it every year or something crazy like that. For us, I can count on two hands the number of people that we slept in the same campsite with over the course of the 40 days. Okay. Yeah. So it was, I mean, the people we met were great. Um, And we had, we met a lot of really cool people, but most nights we were on our own or, I mean, yeah. So that that was actually a really unique part of the experience that I didn't expect um, to have that much time with with just my friend and I hanging out. Um, So, yeah. So that was 41 days and you said earlier that you're kind of scheming or planning for other trips. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit about those. Do you have any big ones planned or anything on the yeah. bucket list? Yeah, I've got some things on the bucket list. So, um, I mean, for the, t- for the foreseeable future, doing school. And yeah. so I, I got a couple of yeah. years, but yeah. Yeah. I think what I want to do after I finish school, um, there's a couple of things I want to do. I'd love to go back to the Northeast and just do a bunch of trails up there. Or, I mean, not even just trails, but just hiking around and exploring areas that I, I haven't been able to explore before. I mean, yeah. I've spent hardly any time in New Hampshire or Maine and not really Vermont either. And all those places are just incredible. Um, something, uh, a little bit of a, um, uh, uh, something that I've, I've hatched recently is, um, this, this, uh, see, I'm calling it a through hike, but it's my own thing, okay. <laughs> um, in, in the Adirondacks where, um, so the Adirondacks is like a dozen wilderness areas in it. And I'd love to do a hike that just connects them all and, and oh, just ooh. stays on the trail. I mean, you'd have to do some road walking. Yeah. Um, and I actually sat down on, um, GIS, this like map software and downloaded all these data so that I could get the trails and the elevation and stuff and mapped it out. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's drawing me mostly. Um, and I like the, I think it would be like 580 something miles. Um, it would include some bushwhacking too. Like I would, the only way to connect some of those areas are through bushwhacking through the wilderness. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, but um, I, I think part of the appeal for me is that it would kind of be my own thing rather than, you know, trying to do something that um, other folks have done. And I don't know necessarily why that's that much more appealing to me, but it just sounds really cool to have like made my own little trip, you know. That's awesome. Um, so I guess I just kind of want to get um, an idea of something. So people who are listening may or may not know, but Nathan and I met when we were studying abroad down in Patagonia um, with Round River Conservation Studies, doing our field work down there. So how was it in your perspective as kind of a a hiker per se, going from hiking in like the Northeast part of the U.S., going to somewhere like Patagonia, where it's, I guess, considered in some people's eyes, like world-class hiking, like what was your perspective on that? It was incredible. I mean, the scenery was unlike anything that I had ever seen before. Um, and, and two, by, by that point I'd done like hardly any hiking out West. So, I mean, we've got, we've got mountains in the Northeast, but not the types of mountains that you see elsewhere, including in, in Patagonia. Um, and I think I, I actually, yeah, I think Patagonia was the first time I saw a glacier too. So, I mean, it was just, 
mind blowing. Yeah. The the hiking that we we got to do, the terrain we got to explore. Um, yeah, hiker and not a hiker, like it was incredible. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, it was kind of intimidating because I was uh, in the last couple of days. I was thinking back about that a little bit, and I don't mm-hmm. think before doing that because I think after I figured out that I was going to Patagonia and it was kind of set in stone. I kind of came to the realization, like I've only like gone a hiking trip for like two days before. And now I'm going, yeah. I'm from the Midwest. There's no mountains here. And now I'm going to be hiking thousands of feet up in elevation. Yeah. Trying to figure out how I'm going to do, but yeah, it was yeah. so beautiful. Um, what was your favorite like area or hike that we did that was most memorable for you? Like as a hiker, it just stood out. Um, I mean, it's gotta be the, the Pasqua, the 10 day, the 10 day trip we did. Um, so yeah, Zach and I did a, a trip, um, with round river that, uh, was through this river Valley that it, I mean, very few people had hiked before. Um, and I think just that fact alone was incredibly appealing for good reason yeah. to, to someone who's like really into exploring. Um, and it was, I mean, in that hike too, was super challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, after the fact, of course, that becomes appealing when you've done it, um, yeah. <laughs> to be like, Oh, that was pretty badass. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, yeah, the, the, the terrain was awesome and being able to, I mean, literally just navigate your way through 10 days of, of backpacking was, uh, something I had never done before. And I mean, with the through hiking I've done since then, it's, it's still something I've never come close to like doing something similar to I mean it was crazy it's something I've never done it was awesome so I, I'm curious when you're looking forward um like in the future to a lot of these hikes that you do want to do do you do you see yourself doing them with other people to like kind of what you were mm-hmm. saying like you just really tend to like prioritize that or do you see any of these yeah. like, I just want to make this my kind of thing and see kind of how I come out of the other side of it I am I'm <laughs> conflicted there I like because I I really um, I want to give it a go and do it on my own um, and yeah. try to do something that I, you know, is kind of my own and just try it. Um, but I also know that once I'd be out there, I would absolutely want to share it. I think, I think part of the, like, yeah. something, something that I'm considering too is, um, I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels like there's an extra layer when you think about having to plan it with someone else too. And yeah. there's an appeal to being able to just get up and go and, and go yeah. at your own pace, do it how you want to do it. And, um, that's how you do it. I know that if my, or when, if my mom listens to this, she's not going to be happy to hear that, that I might <laughs> want to go do it on my own. Um, but, uh, I'll bring a GPS satellite communicator mom. So it'll yeah. be okay yeah. in case of emergencies. Um, well, well, there's three people here. So if you need anybody where just let us know. Hey guys. Yeah. I, I mean, Zach, I was talking to our friend Will, um, and I was like, you know, tuck it away for like 2024. So you, you guys go. are available. Um, that's the summer that I'm off, and whether that's that's something else I actually was thinking about is um, no matter what I do, I think it'd be cool to um, if it ends up being that I try to do it the whole thing on my own. Like, if people can come in on on oh, the yeah, side yeah. and like join for a couple of days, that would be incredible yeah. to share that with people. You know, so I think like there's, there's no wrong way to go about doing it. Definitely. Um, and so we, we kind of, one thing that we, we do when we go, I don't know if Zach ever talked to you about our fishing trip we get to do up in Canada every year. 
Um, at the end of that, we do this thing called roses, buds, and thorns to kind of wrap mm-hmm. up the trip. Have you, have you ever, do you have any experience with that? Oh yeah. I've got experience. Yeah. So, yeah. um, we thought it'd be cool just to kind of, um, end these podcasts, just wondering like maybe a rosebud and thorn as far as like your hiking experience has been, mm-hmm. like what you're looking forward to, maybe the best thing that you've enjoyed about the hikes that you've done so far. Um, just for the listeners, I don't know if in that last podcast, did you explain oh. what each of them were? I know he yeah. said he knows what it was. Did oh. you? I kind of was trying to right there, but yeah. So like a rose is something that like one of your favorite parts about like either in, in this case, like with your hiking stuff, a bud, yeah. a bud is something that you're looking forward to in the future. And then a thorn would be, um, I mean, it's tough because in, in our last podcast, we talked about this too. Like it's tough to come out of those trips um with like anything negative to say about them you know what i mean like it obviously yeah, like obviously okay maybe there's too many bugs and it rained or whatever but yeah it almost makes it too so sometimes we just want more to like just kind of regrets that you had or something that you would do mm-hmm. something you would do differently like the next time um, sure so that's a lot to unpack but yeah um yeah that's i feel like i could go a lot of different ways yeah with that. um <laughs> no one either. of the one of the things that comes to mind for a rose is um no matter like where I am, when I get to go out and hike, I like, it's just so refreshing. Like I even feel it coming over me now thinking about it. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like you can breathe more deeply and I don't know. I just feel more um, myself and with yeah. myself and with everything else that's around me. It's connected to um, yeah, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's a really special feeling and people get that feeling doing any number of things. And, and I think hiking is the thing that, that brings me that joy. Um, bud is just that there are like, I've been like, you think I've done a lot of hiking. There's still so much out there. Like, yeah. Oh my God, guys, it's, <laughs> it blows my mind. What is out there? Um, like I think about all the cool stuff that I, I could travel abroad to do, but then I think about all the amazing things that I want to do right here in the States yeah. or right here in the upper Midwest. I mean, yeah. like I don't have to, I don't have to go far to get to places that make me feel like how I just described. Um, and then as far as regrets, I, I don't know if I have too many. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hiking is something that's always brought me, uh, a lot of joy and it's something that's become kind of like a an identity for me honestly and yeah. I just don't feel like I have any regrets about that maybe so. not a regret but there's got to be like one thing when you're like planning a hike or something that's yeah. a little like thorn in your boot or thorn in your foot <laughs> or something um yeah I um all right my my feet blister easily sometimes <laughs> I have sweaty feet <laughs> and that's that's a pain in the ass yeah, sometimes there you go. Um, there you go. yeah I I have pictures of like my my big toe looking like it has another toe growing off of it because <laughs> the blisters are so gnarly oh, no. um so that's that's sometimes that sucks yeah that's perfect have you ever sustained any like big injuries from any of your trips that you've been on um no, not really. I, I mean, I think the biggest, like the closest I've come to the big injury was um, when we were in Patagonia, Zach. Um, Zach and I were, well, with our trip, we were um, in a, a pretty remote setting um, and we were uh, hiking down a boulder field because this was an area that uh, had been recently glaciated. The glacier had receded and so it was just all like big boulders and rocks. 
um, and I took a, a misstep and um, the boulder gave out uh, from under me and I, I slid down. I don't know how far I slid, but enough um, like two to, months, right? <laughs> it was scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, like once I finally like settled, I was on my back, um, but my arm was like lodged under a boulder and um, peeling back the boulder was like terrifying yeah. to find out what would be underneath. Um, I feel, I feel really fortunate that um, it, nothing was like actually seriously injured. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like probably the most scared I've been while, while out hiking. I remember and that. And I, was scared scared come, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought I had to get a helicopter. Like it was going to be a whole thing. Um, but it ended up just being some serious bruising and I think a little bit of a sprain, but, um, nothing more serious than that. I, I feel fortunate that I haven't, um, really hurt myself, but yeah. So it sounds like, um, hiking has taken up a lot of kind of your, your free time as far as outdoor activities that you do. Yeah. Is there anything that you're like really looking forward to or like actively trying or I guess wish to like get into as far as like a new outdoor activity that you mm. maybe find really appealing that you just haven't had the chance to get into or are looking to try to get into? Yeah, I think I'd love to really get into um, rock climbing. Ooh, um, yeah, that's something like it's um, I don't know how much I'd like it, even if I even if it wasn't like big wall rock climbing, even like bouldering or something that's, you know, more technical maybe than, than rope climbing. Um, I think it would be really cool and something that you can pair super well with hiking. Like yeah. you can bring a little bit, you can, I mean, I guess crash pads are pretty big. You probably can't hike too far with a crash pad, but <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you carry heavier stuff out there too. So it's fine. But um, I'd say that would be the activity. Yeah. Uh, that's something I've been meaning to get into. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's a tough thing with a lot of these. Well, especially you, since you're so into, like, far into hiking now. It's like, mm -hmm. you just would want to be, at least I know for me, like, I just want to be that good at any outdoor activity. Like, I kind of, yeah. like, my, mine was bow hunting this this last season. Like, I didn't want to be just mediocre at it. I was like, I wanted to be as good at it as I was with, like, a lot of this other stuff. So I was like, okay, well, now I got to find the time to practice that and do all right. that kind of stuff. Um, totally. But, no, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, Nathan, we we appreciate you taking time out of your night um, to talk with us. This is awesome. Uh, definitely some fresh perspective on at least something that Tanner and I aren't very familiar with, yeah, for um, sure. and maybe some of our listeners. I I saw or I know we just did on our Instagram just for funsies one one day. I did a poll. I had a, a uh -huh. picture, I had a picture of me in a canoe and a picture of Zach hiking, <laughs> and I put hiking or canoeing. Like, which one did you click? And yeah. I think it was a little biased because a lot of our listeners are from Minnesota. So oh, it was yeah. like definitely more canoers than there were hikers, but <laughs> maybe this I'm pretty is... sure I voted for the hiker. I'll oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember that poll. <laughs> maybe yeah, we'll do another one after this podcast and it'll sway. Yeah, they, yeah, they just see a little push. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Well, that's <laughs> the nice thing about hiking. I feel like it's um, pretty low entry bar compared yeah. to some of these other things. I mean, compared to something like rock climbing, you know, yeah. you can just get your gear together, um, get a map, and uh, you can find a trail and go. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we can't thank you enough, Nathan, for coming on here and um, yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again and kind of catch up in a, in a couple months or wherever um, kind of life kind of takes you these next few years. Yeah. This has been fun guys. I really appreciate the time and um, always down to talk about this. Perfect. Appreciate it. See you, Nathan. Thanks Nathan. Yeah. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Voyager way podcast. 
Follow us on social media at The Voyager Way for more content from all our outdoor adventures and plenty of how-to videos to get you started on some adventures of your own.